Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's play some football. Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, hey, it's Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Ferry. Joining me as always, David Brandt of the Associated Press. David, we uh, we both kind of, I guess, somewhat called it last week. We both said Ole Miss would win, but we said it would be pretty close. Um, I think you said it'd be closer than I did. I said I thought Ole Miss would pull away late and maybe score one and make it a little bit more of a... Uh, easier win than it was um they were not able to do that AM did get a garbage touchdown late to actually go over 21 points against a power five team for the first time in uh <laughs> i think a full calendar year which is just bonkers but um but welcome to the show um initial thoughts on Ole Miss getting eight wins well I mean you know, I, I think they got – Quinchon Junkins is just so much fun to watch. And I think with him and with Evans back, they kind of had their – like I said last week, you know, with without Evans, it was kind of like Samson without his hair. It's just what makes Ole Miss really good. And just Junkins was so good. They rushed for 390 yards. You know, Texas A&M, I mean, for all of its faults, obviously, as everybody has – has said they do have five stars. They do have talent. Um, and I think they were, you know, sort of up against it. This was their last chance to kind of make something of the season. And so, you know, they, they got a pretty good fight from Texas A&M. But, again, Ole Miss, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure about the ain't played nobody theme yet with them. I mean, to go on the road and beat Texas A&M, I know it's not a very good team, but you're you're facing a team that's really – you know, like I say, it's wounded. It's it's tried to make something. They're frustrated, and that was a tough win. So, good win for Ole Miss, and now they get some time to rest. And again, it's we're we're pushing into November now, which they remember, as Houston Nutt would say. And uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss has everything out in front of them. Probably should have led the show with Quinchon Judkins. Um, I mean, what what more can you say about him? I uh, just just a special, special talent. Um, I know that they talk a lot about wanting to keep everybody fresh and not overloading um, the 19-year-old, um, but he runs it 34 times, 205 yards, touchdown. Uh, just a, just an all-time performance. I know that there are some people that are saying uh, put him in the Heisman Dark Horse conversation, and I don't necessarily think that's too crazy to say. I was about to say, I was just thinking the same thing. I started looking at it. He definitely, I'm a, uh, a, a Doak Walker voter, you know, the the running back award. Yeah. C- certainly he's in that conversation. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's 
he's going to have a huge season. And just what he's done, what he's meant for a, you know, a top 15 team right now, top 10 maybe by the end of the year, you know, he's just phenomenal. And so, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if he actually gets invited to New York, but I think he'll get some votes. And you, you have to remember sharing the, uh, the workload with Zach Evans and then right. Bentley before he got hurt. Um, only 180 carries on the year compared to, um, you know, some of the other big time running backs in the country, chase Brown at Illinois run it 224 times. Um, Kalen LeBourne, who's at Marshall, who was a power five, um, signee at one point, five-star guy. He's run it 204 times. Um, probably a good comparison when looking at, you know, power five to power five is, uh, Blake Corum at Michigan. He's run it 179. Um, he has 14 touchdowns, 1,078 yards. Judkins is at 13 touchdowns, 1,036. Um, the 14 number is important here is that is the, uh, single season record. Um, do you know who set that record, David? 14 touchdowns in a season. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're setting me up for somebody during my era. I'll say Dexter McCluster. So it was not Dexter. It was one do innocent. Really? Or, excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on. Got it wrong. Single season. There is a <laughs> way wrong. So one, two, three, four. Four-way tie at 14. K.O. Dotley in 1949. Okay. Archie, 14 in 1969. Deuce with 14 in 2000. Brandon Bolden, 14 in 2010. Um, so now he's Brand, tied. Brandon Bolden goes into my, like, all underrated oldness. He was a good player. He played a long time. He might still be in the NFL bouncing around. Yeah, and, and you know, since we brought him up, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't know if Brandon listens to the show. He has me blocked on Twitter, and I don't know why, David. And I have. Oh, come on! If if I see Brandon, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll talk you up. You're a good guy. Like you can't can't I... have that. Look, you I must went have back. Smarted off one time or so. Yeah, to see what you did. Yeah, well, I went back and like searched his name to see if I'd ever tweeted anything about him. I don't think I ever did. Yeah, I don't. So... I mean, Brandon Bolden, like was a good player, but he's not a guy that would elicit super strong <laughs> opinions either. You know what I mean? Like I've never just been that yeah. passionate about Brandon Bolden. Is like, he's a really good player, but I don't know what I would put on Twitter that would get me blocked. Maybe you said something about old Miss or said, you yeah. know, said something annoying. I don't know. Who knows? I could have, I could have made a joke about Houston nut and he might've taken offense to that. Maybe him and Houston are buddies. I don't know, but yeah. Definitely one of the names in, in Ole Miss running back history that does not get brought up enough. But, yeah, I mean, he's second all-time in touchdowns. Deuce is at 37, so somebody's going to have to get really special for three or four years to catch him. But, yeah, Bolden at 27, Snoop Connor behind him at 26. Um, so, yeah. The fourth has got a great start. I mean, like, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, if he – I mean, there's no reason that he can't end up with – 16 or 17 by the end of the year. Heck, he could get to that by the end of his sophomore year. Yeah. So not do innocent. I, I misspoke. Um, KO Dotley, single season uh, yards record as well. He ran for 1,312 yards in 1949. Um, so yeah, the 14 number is important here. He's at 13 now. He's tied with Snoop Connor, who had 13 a year ago. He just passed Deuce, who had 12. 
1999 and uh scotty phillips and john rice Plumley both had 12 as well so um but yeah, I mean, he's not going to get invited to New York. But I mean, for a guy that just turned nineteen, if he keeps, if he has a huge game against Alabama, all bets are off. I'm yeah, telling you, like I'm looking, true. I'm looking at his game log right now. Voters are really going to like. He's had his big games against good teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you look like he's gone over a hundred every game except for against Troy, against Georgia Tech, and against Vanderbilt. So that means all of his big games have been. You know, obviously A and M. He was he, he had a huge game, but he ran for over 100 against Kentucky. He ran for over 100 against Auburn, which you could argue if they're a Power Five team right now. But I mean, <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. But he ran for yeah. 111 against LSU. Like he's he's running. It's not like he's run for 350 yards. You know, against uh, an FCS school and then averages. You know what I mean? Like the numbers yeah. are coming in big situations in SEC games. And I just, as as someone who has gone through many box scores of many running backs over the past like decade or so, that's going to do well with voters. Yeah, I mean, just a just an incredible game for him in front of over a hundred thousand people. Um, I was in attendance for this one. The atmosphere was was great. It was a, um, I mean, just a perfect night for football. And uh, even with Zach Evans coming in and playing great as well, uh, he still was able to shine. I mean, he just had just big run after big run. They, it's, we've talked on this show about Kiffin and how he always evolves his game plan and his, his offensive attack by his personnel. And it's very clear at this point that they are going to run the football and they are going to run it until you stop it. Um, and A&M couldn't stop him. And I mean, you throw in Zach Evans, who also had a couple huge runs. Um, it looked like he had tweaked something early in the game. And then they put a sleeve on his, on his knee. And uh, he came back in, ran it eight times for 75 yards, averaged 9.4 carry. Yeah, I was um, going to say 9.4, we'll, we'll get it done. Uh, but yeah, what's a, he, you know, Judkins got his 205 and he averaged six yards of carry. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. And then, I mean, look. Especially because everyone knows it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, you know, they oh, are I running mean, the football, like you said. And the, everyone knows it. And they're still gaining chunks of six, eight, ten yards every time. The perfect example of this was Dart um, – I can't remember if it was a scramble. I don't think it was a sack. I think he scrambled. His helmet came off. It was third down. It was third and like nine. Altmaier's not coming in because he's redshirting. So they bring in Kincaid Dent. And I turned to my buddies and I was like, well, if y'all need to get more beer, go and get it. Because, you know, this is a handoff and everybody in the building knows it's a handoff. So they're probably going to have to punt. <laughs> um, which I jokingly was like, they should run his own read and let Dent keep it because no one's going to be honoring that. Um, so everybody in Kyle field knows he's getting the ball and he just takes it and runs for a first down. I mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, there were several plays where there were three, four, five A and M guys around him. And he is just, he, he's got this weird, it's a very few guys have it where it, it's just like an it factor with running and how people just slide off of you. And he kind of right. dips a shoulder, a quick little jump step. He's got that straight arm. That's, that's, I mean, just beyond his years, you know, he just turned 19. And I mean, he can just, he's just got a great mix of being powerful and just a little slippery. Like you said, guys yeah. kind of bounce off him a little. He's just got, 
some things you just can't teach. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's really then, cool. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's been clocked at like 23 miles an hour at one point. So he can, he can run away from you too. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really a special thing to see in person, just how good he is. Right. Um, and he's got that style factor, the way he kind of almost gallops when he gets into the open field. Like, I mean, he just yeah runs kind of ferociously. It's cool. I mean, I, I hate, I'm like, you know, I probably sound like Judkins fanboy over here, but it's, you know, <laughs> when you're seeing somebody like really good, you know, like a generational, t- I just hope, you know, with running backs, you just hope they stay healthy and I hope he stays healthy yeah. for a few years so we can really see what he does. Yeah. Um, Kind of lost in the shuffle with this game because it was just a Judkins coming out party. You know, I guess a Judkins birthday party. Um, and then the defense played extremely well in the third quarter. I still give them the fourth quarter. They they put the clamps down. They brought pressure, confused Connor Wegman a, a lot when they brought pressure. And then, yeah, they gave up the garbage touchdown at the end, but they played extremely well. Lost in all of this was just another – Solid game by Jackson Dart. 13 yeah. to 20, 140 yards, three touchdowns. He made the throws when they needed him to. And he also ran for 95. A lot of scrambles to extend drives, extend, um, you know, not only extending the play, but sometimes getting those first downs, getting them into third and manageable. I, I heard Cole Kubelik say during the uh the broadcast when I went back and watched the replay, um, he said before the game, and, and I love this, this this phrasing here by Kiffin, he said in, in this offense, he just needs Dart to be a shortstop. And I think that's the perfect description. That's a, I, I've never heard that before with a quarterback, but I, I like that. And yeah, they're not, I mean, like I said, this is a team with a true identity at this point. Like they mm-hmm. know what they are and Dart's a really nice quarterback. And I think if they asked him to do more, he'd probably be pretty good, but they don't have to right now. And so he's very good at what he does. Uh, he's certainly more than like a game manager just because he can, you know, make big plays on his own with his feet or his arm. But, you know, they don't need him to throw 50 times a game, at least most of the time they haven't. Um, yeah. So he's he's uh, again, you know, for a kid that's how many starts does he have now under his belt? Mm. Like 12 or 13 like, in his career? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it's 11 or 12 if I lost count. But yeah, I mean, it's still very early in his career. Right. Well, I mean, now he's settling into what he is. It's basically a full year of experience. And so, you know, I think, you know, I, like I said, they're going to have to play really, really, really well to beat Alabama. But, I mean, you go in pretty healthy and ready. You know, this is about as good of a, a situation as you could hope for. Yeah. Um, and, again, uh, but we got to tip our cap. Chris Partridge and Maurice Crum and that staff – really bounce back from the LSU game. Um, yeah. I mean, they got – look, they they were put on notice. They probably had to get up in front of the uh, proverbial class last week and, and have to take their licks because it was a bad showing. And on the road against a team that – say what you want about A&M and, and how bad they are and how they're struggling and they can't score, but they're talented. Devin A. Chain right. is, is a star. Um, and they've got some really good pieces in that receiving uh, receiving group. Moose Muhammad, Evan Stewart are really talented youngsters. Um, and they look Moose they, Muhammad the third is a great name, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean excellent name. Weathered the storm early. First half, it looked like it was potential of not I wouldn't say spiraling out of control, but it looked like they were going to go down two scores early. 
and they got some stops. Um, I think they really addressed the tackling at halftime because the first half it yeah. looked a lot like the LSU game. They were missing plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, open field tackling left a lot to be desired. They uh, they cleaned that up. Wegman still had a good game, um, but uh, I think that uh, you can uh, tip your cap to uh, the Ole Miss defense. I, I think um, Otis Reese, Kari Coleman, that mix of the front seven with the safeties mixed in there um, is starting to really show. Um, and then they're working Troy Brown back from that shoulder injury. And then um, I think guys like Ladarius Tennyson, Aishim Young, Taishim Johnson, they uh, they had some good games. So it was a, uh, a great bounce back win for Ole Miss to get to the bye. Yeah, and like you said, I thought they cleaned it up too because I was I was starting to get pretty worried about the defense after that first half, but they cleaned it up. They started, you know, it, it's simplistic, but they just started tackling. <laughs> you know, they wrapped up and brought people down. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but anyway, yeah, I think I, you know, I know Texas A&M's three and five, but that was a good win because I think that was A&M's kind of last stand. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you could you could only get a team that's three and five up so many times, you know, before it just became. And and I think this is the last time they could realistically get up for because because I mean now you're basically playing for Shreveport. Yeah, and and look, I mean that's a dangerous, a somewhat dangerous spot to be in against a team like that. That is a mix of nothing to lose and really talented. Because right, exactly, you know, and and there is and, always and you're on the road. They just yeah. They, there's always the danger that they could just fold it in and Ole Miss wins big, but I didn't really think that was going to, I thought A&M had one or two more games in them where they could get up. And I, you know, they played pretty well at times and I, you know, Ole mm-hmm. Miss had to do some things to beat them. So again, great win, especially going into a bye week. Um, you're relatively healthy. A lot, a lot of momentum on your side right now. Last thing before we hit the break and get to the uh, the all important coaching search over on the plains. Have you been to College Station before? I have not. I have not. I was I was very interested in your pictures, and I've seen. I've had lots of friends, you know, cover games there. They talk about how the press box sways, and it freaks them out. But what what was your experience <laughs> it, like? Okay, and and I preface this with all due respect. So therefore, since I did that, David, I can say whatever I want. Nobody can get. I was about to say. That's like saying bless your heart or something like that. <laughs> it it was remarkably average. Like it the infrastructure was interesting. Just about every building looked the same. Everything looked like a government building. <laughs> like the campus, the some of the I dorms were really I, I old. That, yeah, I have heard that Texas A&M just generally the crowd it's huge. And it's pretty mm-hmm. loud and everything like that, but it lacks a kind of a lawlessness that like LSU would have. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. danger factor a little bit. Like it's it's huge and it's nice, but it's just slightly sterile. Yeah, I mean, like it's a you know, obviously it's a humongous crowd and tons and tons of students. Like their student section is probably the biggest in the country. I think that's I think that's actually something they market is they have the biggest student section in the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's no vitriol. Like, it's not like a raucous, like ravaging fan base. That's really getting after you. I mean, after the game, there were, there were several A&M fans that were like coming over to the Ole Miss section and like shaking people's hands and telling them good luck. And, 
you know, safe travels. Like that doesn't happen everywhere in the SEC. <laughs> that's um, true. And and it, that it, to a level, that's a credit to A and M. But yeah, there's just something I I just heard. You know, because I have covered games at LSU. You know, and mm-hmm. even at like Arkansas when Houston Nut came back, and you know Mississippi State. Give them credit. That's a tough place to play. Uh, you know, their fans are into it. Um, you know, what what else? I've been to uh, Auburn is a, a tough atmosphere, all those places. Uh, you know, Florida, that one time that I went there, that was the, the Tebow promise game. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, that, was a, that was a weird game because it was like afternoon and Florida thought they were going to win by like 50. So, you mm-hmm. know, everybody shows up hungover and late. And like, and I totally get it because if I had been a student, I would have done the same thing. And it was one of those things like when everybody finally realized what was happening, it was almost too late. Like Ole Miss yeah. had seized the moment. It was a it was a super weird game because it was a beautiful day. It was like a you know eighty two degree day, like in early October. But anyway, I'm I'm getting off track. But now your your Texas A and M uh, story rings true as far as just what other people have told me about it. Yeah, it's um, now obviously Kyle Field is is a palace. The place is is humongous. It was nice. Um, but there was just this weird vibe about it. Like it, it basically college station to me, just in our Uber rides to and from, you know, North gates, like the bar area. And then obviously leaving the game. Uh, we did go to the George HW Bush presidential library and that was really cool. I highly recommend I bet that, that would be cool. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. Um, but yeah, it was just basically like they had two humongous Jackson avenues and you know, they had some local stuff mixed in, but it was a lot of chain stuff. Um, but man, by far the the strangest thing about the entire trip was I went with two of my best friends and we basically decided um, now there were some A&M people at our hotel at the hotel bar that talked us into it. But we were like, you know what? We should do it because we're probably not going to ever come back here. So we went to midnight Yale practice. And the combination of just it just being fascinating but also just so cringy and so bizarre i mean it you couldn't take your eyes off of it and like we we just didn't leave because we were like what else is going to happen that's that's stranger than what just happened that's I mean, cool i didn't know you could go and watch the practice I oh yeah it's free thing. yeah i mean they have full security i mean there was like 20,000 students there or just people there um, but I mean, you've got like full on like 50, 60 year old alums that are there doing all the chants and all the hand motions. And I mean, it's, you've seen the videos. It's basically just a really, really, really bad stand up routine. And right. yeah, they just do all the like weird chants and the hand motions and the weird push ups, And it was so, so strange, but, um, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we did it. Cause like I said, we're never going to go back. Right. Um, I mean, you got to experience it. That's cool. I didn't know you could watch the practice. If I'm ever there, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hit the first break. When we come back, let's get into the uh, the real reason we're here. We're going to talk Auburn and the coaching search and how Lane Kiffin somehow fits in here because he's always going to with coaching searches. So hang tight. Sure. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. 
They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufy Video Lock. Ufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. And we are back here, daytime fireworks. We are talking now. Auburn Tigers, what they are going to do. They fire Brian Harson on Monday. I will say, uh, popular Twitter account, Message Board Geniuses, which I'm sure you've seen it by now. Um, sure. They take hilarious screenshots of just ridiculous things that people say on message boards. But there was one yesterday that some guy posted. Can't remember which site it was, but said that uh, Harson would be out at 11 a.m. And he was off by one hour, so he was close. Um, relieve Brian Harson of his duties around noon central time. Um, I, I don't really understand the move to fire him now. Uh, you could have done it weeks ago. You could have done it before the season started because they very clearly wanted him gone. Um, and at this point you've waited so long, you might as well just wait till after the season. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I, I have some theories on why it was this week. Um, well, more I, help- because they were making the AD switch, maybe sure that was the only thing I could think. It just kind of makes sense when you bring in instead of all of that awkwardness with you know yeah. John Cohen having to make that decision and <laughs> you know just kind of the you know just go ahead and get it over with, clean slate. Cohen gets yeah. hired as football coach. I mean, you know, at this point, I I don't think it was necessarily wrong to fire him this week, but I'm kind of like you. It was like, what made this so special? Like, you know, I know they lost right. to Arkansas, but they, you know, they played fairly hard. It wasn't like it was embarrassing. I don't know. Yeah, that makes the most sense because they look like they have their their AD. Because, I mean, that was the thing before. It was like, okay, if they fire him, who's going to make the hire? Because they don't have an, an athletic director. Right. Uh, so it appears that John Cohen is the guy he's leaving, uh, which is even more crazy. Leaving a division rival for another AD job is crazy. Um, I was surprised by that. Is Butch Thompson still the baseball coach at Auburn? Yes, and he's a Mississippi guy. So yeah, well, I knew, and that was you know him. He was John Cohen's pitching coach, if I remember yeah. correctly. Like when they were, so maybe there was some sort of because it just seemed like a weird, not necessarily a lateral move. Because I mean, Auburn's a great job, but yeah, I was I was surprised. I, I'm still and and John Cohen is is an alum, right? I mean, it, it's a uh, Right. And, you know, and he had 
And I was kind of surprised that this isn't, you know, I mean, I'm not a rip on John Cohen. I don't think he's done a bad job at state, but I don't know. You know, he hired Mike Leach. He hired, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like what his, I mean, they did win a national title in baseball, which that was good. That was a good hire Lamotis. Yeah. I mean, he, um, so let's see. I heard as Ross Dellinger tweeted, SEC uh, schools love SEC experience. And that was the only thing I could, you know, which, yeah. and, and I mean, like everybody kind of snickers and laughs about that. But I think there is, like, after I've been around now a couple parts of the country, there's nothing quite like the SEC and leading an SEC school. There's a couple exceptions to that, like an Ohio State or a Florida State or a mm-hmm. Clemson. I mean, there's a handful of schools that are in that row, Texas although texas is going to be in the sec in like two months so but i mean you know it, it's just different um so that's what makes the most sense my other theory just because of the look you can call it clickbait you can call it you know well it's obvious that they're going to go after him because it makes the most sense he's the hottest name in coaching right now um but i can't help but notice that they waited to fire Brian Harson, the week that Ole Miss has a bye week, the week that Lane Kiffin might have his phone a little more handy. Um, yeah. But look, I, because I, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I, I've said my piece to several people already of what I think the Auburn job is and how I think it compares to the Ole Miss job. Um, I just don't think Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss for Auburn. Now, there are several jobs that I think he would leave Ole Miss for. I don't think it's Auburn right now in the year 2022. And I know that you're, yeah, you're, like you're... Bet Online has Lane Kiffin at plus 275. Hugh Freeze is just ahead of him at plus 200. Um, and, you know, I know people are saying, like, well, he's, the num- he's, he's their number one target. Like, okay, sure. Like, this is just another chance for him and Jimmy Sexton to finesse everybody and just get another raise. Um, Now, Lane Kiffin absolutely deserves that raise. I mean, if you don't count the COVID year, right now, Lane Kiffin is is 18 and four at Ole Miss. Even if you count the COVID year, he's 23 and nine, which no one... They were like, okay, in the COVID year, that wasn't a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been great. Yeah, and I mean, look, if if you... Okay, we count the COVID year, but let's say that's just a regular season and you have four non-con games that he's I mean, 27 just, and nine yeah exactly so i mean he's had the most success of any Ole Miss coach in his first couple seasons as johnny vaught did in the 60s so the other thing that i think makes them very similar jobs or maybe the same tier or maybe Ole Miss is just above auburn now is i think with the playoff expanding it almost kind of neutralizes the edge that Auburn had. And I, I agree with that. Yeah, I you're just, you're still you're stealing a little by thunder with this because I feel okay very much the same way. I think Auburn is a really good job, but it's in a difficult location. You know what I mean? Like Auburn has the financial resources, but as long as it's sandwiched in there with Alabama and Georgia, especially like you said in the year 2022, that's a difficult job. And I just don't know why. Right now, Auburn is a much more desirable job than Ole Miss. Like, why? I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I, 
I mean, what? In they... fact, in a lot of ways, I think it's better because you're not, you don't have to deal with Nick Saban. I mean, you do, but you know what I mean? Not in He's your state. He's not in the same state. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I mean, I think Lane Kiffin has shown you could win at a really high level at all. Miss. I don't know what he's. I and I'm exactly like you. I do think there's a handful of jobs Lane Kiffin would leave for, mm-hmm. uh, but I just Auburn. I mean, there's always they could back up the Brinks truck, but even that, you know, Lane Kiffin has money. It's not. That's not. I the think. Problem. It, I just. I don't think this is the one. Like if Lane Kiffin leaves, which he very well may at some point, but I don't think it's for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at the money situation, which this is what it always comes down to, it's it's always money is going to be a factor factor no matter what because we got in the wrong industry. We should have been college football coaches because they just get tons and tons of money thrown at them. And regardless of how well you do, barring you screwing up, you're going to get your money. Um, I mean, Auburn's going to have to pay – I'm trying to make sure my math is correct here. I mean, what they're going to have to pay. What's the buyout for Brian Harson? Do you know off the top of your head? I'm trying to find it. Uh, I wanted to say like it was, I know half of it was due in 30 days, whatever it was. I wanted to say, dang it. Now I got to look it up too. But I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to say it was the... like, yeah, it was 15 million total. So it's about seven and a half million within 30 days yeah so okay so our our buddy ben woodhouse of of hit that line and um part of our podcast network here he said yesterday he was like look if, if auburn can pay the 40 million or whatever to Ole Miss for the buyout and the 23 that they have to give harson then what can you do can't really do much about that but i think Ole Miss can be competitive here and get Kiffin up to 10, 11 million um, if they needed to. But yeah, that was kind of like, I think that Ole Miss can make it close enough that it just doesn't, you know, at some point, how much money do you need? I mean, like you said, it's always about money to some degree, but I do think at some point there's so many zeros involved. I think Lane Kiffin would look, if I were Lane Kiffin and Lane Kiffin obviously seems like a smart, logical guy, like, Again, if you look at Auburn, why is that job better than Ole Miss right now? And yeah. I don't, I don't have a real reason other than like, yes, Auburn probably has a little more with financial resources, but I don't think it's much more than Ole Miss at this point. And again, like location, location, location. I just that's a super tough job right now. And just why would you do that when you know there's a huge chance that within three years chaos will, because that's just what happens at Auburn. And suddenly you're out of the SEC. Right now, I mean, Lane Kiffin has got a, you know, a pretty good thing going at Ole Miss. And I think sometimes coaches, you you know, I know. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the tone is very different if Lane Kiffin is 3-0 and against Auburn. Because, look, say what you want, they got screwed in 2020. The ball touched the receiver, uh, the kickoff returner. It touched him. It went into the end zone, almost recovered it. That touchdown seals the win. Right. I forgot about that play, but yes, I do remember that. So that should have been a win. Last year, 
probably a very different game if Matt Corral doesn't get hurt. Now, I know injuries happen, and you have to count it, whatever, but in this podcast alternate universe, Matt Corral is, is healthy. They win that game because it was close, even without Corral being 100%. But even if you look at what they've done, so there was a tweet yesterday that came out, and I know this is a very convenient timeline to look at because before that, Auburn had a ton of success against Ole Miss. But there was a tweet from Cade Smith. I don't know who he is or what his title, job title, whatever. But he put out a tweet. It was This is the playoff era. Ole Miss has more 10-win seasons than Auburn. They have two. Auburn only has one. They, have, they both have one top 10 finish. And Auburn's overall record is 65 and 46. Ole Miss's is 62 and 44. Ole Miss has one more New Year's Six berth, and they have a win. The only difference in terms of, like, I guess, big-time milestones. I mean, is Auburn, Auburn has the national title. Yeah, they won the SEC West one time um, and then won the national title in, what, 2010 um, yeah. with Cam Newton. Um, Which is ancient history for recruits now. They were, like, five. <laughs> yeah. So, and keep in mind, that was – that era – Ole Miss had the modern-day death penalty in that era. Yeah. So, it's – I don't know. I mean, I know that, like, they have the Heisman Trophy winners and they have the national championship with Cam Newton and they played for another one against Jimbo in Florida State and yada, yada, yada. But it's not like this is some, you know, blowout in terms of which program is better. And I do right. think well, right now potential to be two no passing reason. ships in the night. Yeah, and there's no reason, like I said, it's not like Lane Kiffin has built this Ole Miss team with smoke and mirrors and it's just been a bunch of, like, two stars that ended up being amazing or something like that. Like, he's getting legit players into the program. There's no reason why that won't stop anytime soon. Why would it? Like, I mean, I I, I would be really interested, like, an anonymous survey with coaches if you ask them right now, you know, factoring in everything, what's a better job, Ole Miss or Auburn? I think it'd be really close. Yeah, absolutely. And then you you have to factor in. You can't just go by wins and losses and championships and all that. You got to look at other things and how it affects each job. Yeah, I don't think with the situation surrounding each job. And you made a great point. I didn't even think about that with the playoff expanding. Yeah, it was always, you know, the one thing Auburn had going for it was it had won the national title fairly recently and had actually been there. Um, but now, you know, I think, you know, a lot of teams are going to get that shot. Yeah, I mean, if the playoff, you know, I know it doesn't work this way, but if the playoffs expanded a couple years ago, Ole Miss is, is in the field last year. Yeah. And I just think that you look at the current landscape of each job. I mean, Auburn is probably looking at a rebuild right now. And you've got a booster network that now their pockets are deep, but they are as – so is their influence. I was going to say, as e <laughs> egomaniacal as you can be, I mean, they are going to want their hand in everything. They are going to want to be standing on the sideline at practice. They are going to want to take you out to play golf, and Lane Kiffin is not going to do that. So yeah. he's got literally everything he wants at Ole Miss. The Grove Collective is is now churning, and, and I mean, I think they're over 1,200 members now, which is not a ton, but I mean, the growth over the past two weeks is is huge. So they're building that NIL base 
he essentially Keith Carter is just basically giving him, you know, Hey man, just do whatever you want. Like sure to a certain extent, but like he gets whatever he wants. And I think Ole Miss fits Lane Kiffin like a glove. Oh, and, I do too. I think, and I think it's surprised Lane how much it's fit. And oh, like 100%. I said, I really, you know, and this is a business. I'm not naive to all that. There are a few jobs I think he might leave for, but I, I, like I said, I think Lane is at the point in his career where he's, you know, he's been the coach of the Raiders. He's been the coach of USC's, but he's been to the mountaintop. You know what I mean? Like pervert, you know, as far as the big jobs, he knows what a good job is. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows he has a good job right now. And again, that doesn't mean there might not be a couple more that, that, you know, I think if Alabama comes open, you know, like all bets are off at some point, although Nick Saban at this point, will probably coach till he's 115. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I just don't think Auburn's the job. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's, and that's not, for. And, and I think not, both... and, and this isn't like Auburn hate or anything like that. It's no. still a really good job for somebody like, it's a good job. Like it, it's got all the resources you could ever need. The hardest it's won a national title fairly recently. There's a lot to like about the Auburn job. You know, it's got, yes, the boosters are very involved, but that's, that's going to create a lot of interest. And I would just for the entertainment factor, I would love to see Hugh freeze there. I don't think that'll happen, but, uh, but it might, I don't know. Do we think John Cohen would hire him? That's the thing. That doesn't seem like a very good fit. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, again, like how much – I know John will have, you know, obviously quite a bit of say over that, but, you know, who do the boosters want? Who do – you know, all that stuff's right. going to play in. Who's Yellowwood want? Yeah. And and the thing, like, and for all of our, you know, Hugh Freeze stuff, man, he wins a lot of football games. Yeah. You know, I, I understand why people and it's, like It's it. a similar thing that what we're getting at here with Auburn and, and Ole Miss with Kiffin. I mean, both things can be true. Like, Lane Kiffin cannot be a fit for Auburn, but Auburn can still be a good job. Oh, absolutely. Same thing with Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze can be a good coach and can also be a terrible fit there. Um, I just, again, I just don't think this is the job that Kiffin bolts for. I mean, I think if you made me pick five, off the top of my head, I would probably say... Alabama for sure. I'd say LSU. Georgia, I'd say Texas, Ohio, Georgia, State, maybe Texas, LSU. Florida. Yeah, those are my Florida those are my five. There. Alabama, Florida, LSU, Texas, Georgia. Um, Texas could be iffy because similar booster network issue. Like they are all about you got to do the touchdown club gamut, and you got to go over and say hey to the folks at Plano East every week. And, like, Kiffin's not doing that. Um, The wild card in this one is UCLA, but I don't think UCLA is ever going to be serious about football enough to get Kiffin to go there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just – Auburn's not on that list, in my opinion. Now, I could be completely wrong, and he could go there in five weeks or whatever, but I just don't think that's the case. Um, Yeah, I mean, they could always back up the truck and maybe – you know, and if I'm Auburn, I do make Lane Kiffin say no. I think you got to make that call, you know, regardless. Yeah. And, and, and he's got to be in your top. If he's not your top target, he's probably one of your top two or three. But you got to make him say no. But I think he's going to say no. 
Yeah, and I know people point to 2020 when there were flirtations, but look, I, I think that was just Jimmy Sexton being really good at his job. Well, I think it was that, and I think that two years makes a lot of difference. I mean, Lane Kiffin, I think has, you oh, know, he very, he very well could have said he very well could have had an ear out, like, okay, I'll hear you out, but I think that's right. a different case now. And I, I mean, I think he and I would he would be silly not to listen to people, like you said, not just to to get his contract up. But I, I just don't. Yeah, I just Auburn's not it right now, and that doesn't mean Auburn not. might not be it. In it, but it's I just don't think Auburn's it right now. And the last thing here before we get into to um, the SEC games this week, you also got to look at what he currently has at Ole Miss. We spent the better part of the first segment talking about Quinshawn Judkins. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Quinshawn could go with him. Okay, yeah. Um, let me also remind you how shitty it is to move and have to pick <laughs> up and go somewhere. Now, I know everybody does right. it all the time, and I know that they're college kids, and somebody else is going to move their stuff for them. But look, Auburn tried late to get Quinshawn Judkins. And he didn't want to listen because they didn't want him in the beginning of his recruitment. And I think he kind of took that personally. And look, I think in two weeks, he's going to take it personal against Alabama because they didn't want him either. And he's from Alabama. I'm picturing that Michael, I'm picturing that Michael Jordan, you know, gif, you know, where he's like, and I took that person. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I think Kiffin, look, I mean, he's got a freshman quarterback in Jackson dart. That's really starting to emerge and play well in his system You've got a future All-American running back. You've got a recruiting well, class. Well, basically, he's done the hard part of building the program. You know what I mean? Like, the program was not in shambles after Matt Luke, but it needed, you know, it needed some TLC. And, like, he's done that now, and there's no reason. Like, why would you start over at Auburn in, a, in a, arguably a tougher position just, again, because of location, having Nick Saban in your state? It just doesn't make a lot of sense even for a little extra money. Yeah, it's not and a good, I, and, it's and it's a good business move. Really, yeah, it's, I don't, it doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. But yeah, I mean, I, like, like we've talked about, stranger things have happened. I will never say never in any situation, but for the life of me, I can't just logically look at the situation and just see Wade Kiffin be there. Oh, I got to go to Auburn. I don't know why he'd do that. I mean, our, our buddy Ben made a great point yesterday. And look, I'm, I'm Ben was on a heater yesterday. He was making a ton of good points, but he was like, you're essentially looking at switching jobs in the same division and trading out, having to play Vandy every year and having to play Georgia every year. Now say all you want about guys being uber competitive and wanting to beat the best and all that, but that's just not a good business decision to like, okay, here you go. Here's all this money. Oh, by the way, your two permanent rivals are Alabama and Georgia. So it's the greatest coach of all time and the guy that has the the biggest monster in the room right now. And if you don't beat yeah. them, they hate you and they want you fired. So that's the thing. You could you could go nine and three every year. And if you're losing down, exactly. it really doesn't matter. Like yeah, they don't they don't care. Ole, at, at Ole Miss, you can go nine and three every year and even lose the egg bowl occasionally, and you can still keep your job for a long, long time. Oh, I mean, if you and know, it's not a, like Ole Miss didn't play at anybody. They play Alabama every year. They play. They have to play the West. They're going to be playing Texas. And oh, if you want to play the best, like there, there's plenty of that going on with Ole Miss's schedule. You don't need to go to Auburn for that. I, 
And and plus, like you said, not only do you switch out your permanent opponents for harder ones, but you've got to totally rebuild the roster again. <laughs> yeah. I just maybe he would maybe he wants to challenge. Maybe if you were irritated about something at Ole Miss and wanted to and again, and I'll give him props for this. Like if I were a football coach, having Keith Carter as my boss would be a big selling point. I like Keith Carter a lot. I think he's yeah. really good at his job. I think he's very, very underrated. I remember, you know, when, when Bjork left and I was I was still in Mississippi and I do radio shows, I'd be like, who's it going to be? I was like, man, I think it's going to be Keith Carter. <laughs> like, like I've, I've spent a lot of time with Keith and, you know, talked to him many times. Like, like he's a smooth operator and he's yeah. really good at the things that make a good AD. He's, he's a, you know, he, he, he gets it on multiple levels. Like he's got the cred, I think with, with coaches a little bit, because obviously he played the, you know, he played basketball, but you know, he played at a high level. Um, he's got the, the high level, you know, working with boosters skills. I mean, there's, there's a lot to mm-hmm. like again. And I think that's just another feather in the cap for the job at, at Ole Miss right now. Like, and, and I'm not, John Cohen may do a great job at Auburn, but you don't know. You just don't know what that situation is going to yeah. be. You do know you've got a good situation at Ole Miss. And, you know, Keith Carter, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. So you're, I, that's a, it's a pretty good situation there right now. Yeah. And I mean, Keith Carter's your guy. Like he brought you in. And like I said, he, he lets you have free reign and right. And he doesn't step on your toes. He gets out of the way and just, you know, great, you know, and then that's another thing about Keith that I really like. He's a really personable, he has a good personality, but he doesn't, you know, get on Twitter and act a fool or anything like that. He's content to be in the background and Mm -hmm. really good at what he does i just i just like i said i mean like when i think of the totality of all these things it just makes more sense like i just auburn's not it right now last thing here before we get into uh our lightning round of of uh week 10 this is since 2014 auburn went eight and five seven and six eight and five ten and four eight and five nine and four Six and five, six and seven, and they're three and five this year. Those results right there, Ole Miss fans, hey, a okay in our book, buddy. You're doing great. At Auburn, no one's getting fi- fired. At Auburn, they fired numbers. two coaches during that run. I was, I was just about to be a smart aleck and be like, and, and how many coaches did they go through during that time? Like thirteen, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's crazy. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just Lane Kiffin fits at Ole Miss. Yes. And I think that that's the most important thing here because I and don't think he fits at Auburn. And more importantly, I think Lane knows he fits at Ole Miss. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Good. Now, so, right. I mean, you've basically, you, you know, you've basically created a new mascot without meaning to. You have completely revamped the NIL effort, and it is growing by the minute. The fan base loves you. The, uh, I mean, you're recruiting at an extremely high level. I mean, they have 10 four stars right now. I, I, I don't know when the last time that happened. I'd have to do some research, but I mean, Gosh, it's I don't just, know if they've ever had that many four stars. That's a lot. I mean, it's, it's just, you're, you're checking every single box in year three with an asterisk because of COVID. I mean, it is the quickest rebuild to become a national brand. That has happened in quite some time. And 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 last thing here, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Taylor Zarzer that mentioned it. I mean, Kiffin has moved something crazy like 30, 40 times in his life. 
I mean, he's been all over the place. He's taken all these different jobs. He's been a coordinator. He, you know, everything. And I just think that deep down, he kind of wants to just relax and hang around somewhere for a little bit. And maybe, just my opinion, maybe he wants to build something on his own and have that I agree. To, to show people. I agree. I mean, like, what, you know, what is Lane Kiffin known for at this point? I mean, like, you could argue that he's most known for his offensive coordinator tenure at Alabama, you know, just because that yeah. was such a, a sure. fruitful, you know, like, and, and so, you know, at some point, like I said, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but he's well into his 40s now. You know, this is about the time where you you put some roots down and stay somewhere 10 to 15 years. And I, I think that could happen. Yeah. So I I think we're both in agreement here that he's not a fit at Auburn. Right. Auburn's a good job. Two things are true. Auburn's a good job, a challenging job, but Lane Kevin's just not the right one for the job. Yeah. All right. Last break, and then we're going to run through uh, the week in the SEC, pick some games, and then we're going to get out of here. So hang tight. We'll be right back with the final segment. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, David, final segment here on Daytime Fireworks. We're going to do a little quick lightning round here as we're getting up against time. Fun, fun week to have a bye for Ole Miss. I'll say that. Not even, not just nationally, but the SEC is going to be a lot of fun this week. Uh, we'll start out 11 a.m. Kentucky, Missouri. Um, 
Now Missouri, Missouri got spunky last week. One on about the road. To say, I don't, and, I, and I don't know how I feel about Kentucky anymore. I don't know what to think about them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I thought last week would be a little closer. I didn't think they'd win. Right. I thought they'd put up a yeah, fight. That's I, a, I, yeah, I didn't think they'd get just blown out of the water there. And they got yeah, smoked, I, which is a credit to Tennessee too. But Yeah, I was going to say, I think it says a little more about Tennessee than it does about about Kentucky here. They just kind of ran into a buzzsaw, but um, you've got, I think this is going to be a good game. I think Kentucky wins, but I think that's a good game. Yeah. I I think what's the the line line right now is Kentucky is giving one and a half. Um, I'm taking Kentucky to cover, but it'll be, it'll be a good game. Um, I just kind of feel like the line of scrimmage here is going to, is going to dictate a lot of things. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think Will Levis just kind of wills him to a win here on the road. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I just think Kentucky's better. And, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, I, like you said, Missouri showed us some things against South Carolina. I think that's, you know, it's not a team that you just, you know, roll out there and get the win over, but yeah, yeah, I, I think Kentucky gets that one. <clears throat> the dueling 11 AM game, man, talk about one. That's just a battle of who wants it more at this point. You've got four right. and four Florida at three and five A and M. A and M giving three and a half here. I'm inclined to take A and M here. I think they found something with Connor Wegman. Um, they showed something against Ole Miss. I, I did not expect them to compete as hard as they did. Um, now Ole Miss didn't jump on them like Ole Miss has jumped on people in previous weeks, where I thought they might have lied down. But right. I don't know what. It's at AM. So give me the home team and dare I say the better quarterback in Connor Wegman. Um, now he's going to have to encore. Yeah, who would have thought here. we'd be saying that nine weeks ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like AM and a tight one here. Um, maybe like a four point win. Yeah, that feels like uh, this has like 28 24 written all over it. Yeah. The big one. No, it's not a night game. It's at 2.30. I know people are just anxiously awaiting for 2024 when CBS doesn't get first pick anymore. Because um, this <laughs> this should be a night game. Um, yeah, I, you know, the 2.30 CBS thing, I think, was cool for a while. And it's still cool to a degree. But, yeah, it just feels like some of these bigger games should be at night. Yeah. Uh, whew, Georgia given eight and a half here, which seems steep. Um. I mean, all thing, everything's pointing for me at least, pointing for Tennessee. I just don't know if they can do it in Athens. If this was in Knoxville, it's Rocky Top all day. But man, I, I just on the road, Georgia's kind of finding themselves again. Yeah, they had I, a little midseason I, lull offensively. Thinking. Right, they look like Georgia again. And I think that's a problem for Tennessee. I would I would take Georgia. I think it's going to be like a, a competitive game, but I feel this is like a 34-21, 34-24 that area. Yeah, I, I like like a like a like a 37-30 game. Maybe Tennessee covers late, but I, I like the dogs here. Now Nolan Smith is rumored to have a peck injury and could be out. That could change things, but I mean what Georgia's just gonna roll out another five star. Um, 
All right, real quick, let's yeah, roll I mean, through that's... the other ones before we talk about the big one at night. Liberty at Arkansas. I don't know, I, I'm going to go. That's Arkansas. an audition for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I got to go yeah. Arkansas there, but there's there's a shot. And if, if Hugh yeah. Freeze wants to show, you know, I mean, Auburn just lost to Arkansas. So if Liberty could beat Arkansas, that would certainly, <laughs> that would certainly, it is weird seeing Liberty be the ranked team going into Arkansas. Yeah. Um, I like the Hogs there. Auburn at Mississippi State, man. I'm just. What's Auburn got to do? What do they got to play for here? I like I like State here at home. They play well at home. I do too. I, I like the Bulldogs, and then the other nightcap, South Carolina at Vandy. I will uh, I will be in attendance for this one. I like the Gamecocks to bounce back. I don't really know if Vandy can can truly match up. It'll it'll be a muddy and dirty rock fight, but I like the Gamecocks. Yeah, what's the line on that one? It is Vandy is getting seven. It's tricky. That's um, tricky, but I yeah I still like South Carolina. I think South Carolina pulls away. Um, all right, the big one. I mean, I I don't Alabama LSU. Yeah, big one at six. Alabama at LSU here. Uh, let's run through this one real quick. I, I like Alabama here. I, I think. I don't think LSU is quite ready for this yet. Not in year that's, one. That's kind of what it comes down to. You're right. I, I do think Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly has shown me some things. I think LSU, you know, is is a, a team on the rise. But I, I think this is Alabama gets this one. And I, I think yeah. Alabama is kind of like Georgia's is finding itself slightly, you know, that win against Mississippi state was a nice win. I, I you know, good mm-hmm. bounce back after the Tennessee game. I yeah. think that, but I, I'll be paying attention though. LSU. Oh, for sure. I'm inclined to lay the points here. Maybe sounds crazy. Um, I, if you're, if you're giving me Bryce young versus Jane Daniels, I'm taking Bryce young all day. And you, we mentioned it earlier in the show with Quinshawn Jenkins having his biggest games against the biggest opponents. He ran for over 100 against LSU, and I expect Jameer Gibbs and Jalen McClellan to have big days against LSU. Now, I know it's a night game and all that, but, I mean, these are the games that Saban lives for. His teams I was about to say, this, you know, the night game, right. I mean, this isn't going to scare Alabama. I mean, you know, yeah. it'll be an intimidating. I, that's that's no knock at LSU. I was just saying, if any team is used to going into tough situations, Alabama's not going to be worried about that. Yeah, I, I like the I like the tide. I I do think it'll be a close one for probably three and a half quarters, um, but I like Alabama to pull away late here. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for this bye week edition of Daytime Fireworks. Uh, we'll be back next week to prep for the big one. In Oxford, if Alabama gets it done in Death Valley this week, then it'll be the SEC West on the line in Oxford um, for that 2.30 kick, 8-1 and one, Ole Miss. What a time to be alive. Yeah. I know. 8-1 and one versus 8-1 and one is probably going to be a top-10 matchup. I mean, game day has to be there, right? They can't, they can't get cute and go to two-lane UCF, right? Yeah, I mean, this – yeah. This this one looks like a pretty obvious, you know. Sometimes they'll they'll make, you know, decisions to kind of bounce around. But this this looks like a, a true barn burner. So 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. Uh, thanks again to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors that make it possible. And as always, thanks to David for joining us. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Pleasure. Sounds good. All right. That's going to do it for Daytime Fireworks. For David, I'm Zach. Until next week, we out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.